hello and welcome back to the High Press Podcast, Season 2, Episode 30. Uh, the, the big trio. I'll be there soon enough. Uh, today's episode is slightly different as I'm flying solo, uh, so Cal is unavailable. So if you're here just for Cal, uh, I'm sorry, you may as well turn this episode off. Um, if you're a fan of me, uh, boy, you know, I, I don't get it. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm delighted to announce that joining me on the podcast this time is Kidderminster Harriers defender, Reading Slayer, and finding the net against West Ham, Mr. Alex Penny. How are you doing uh, this evening, sir? I'm doing okay. Just, you know, trying to enjoy some downtime whilst I, whilst I can. Good, good. Yeah, you got to him. That's nice. Uh, but yeah, so we uh, look forward to, to getting to know you more as a player and uh, revisiting one of the fairy tale stories of the uh, of the FA Cup as well this season. Uh, but let's just get to know you a little bit more as a, as a person now. Um, we're just going to jump straight into the starting 11 uh, quickfire questions. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, what team do you support? Let's just go straight in. Man United. I've always been a United supporter. Mm. It never changes. And that oh. will, I'll keep that forever. Where were you from originally? I'm from Hull originally. Oh, However, okay. <laughs> like United was the first team that I went to watch yeah. live. So, that's, that's why it's always stuck. That's uh, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Apple or Android? Apple, all day. Mm. All day. Yeah, Cal would, would be here singing your praises, but uh, sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm Android. That's Yeah, sorry. we need to change that. <laughs> By the end of this podcast, we'll change that. Okay, yeah, yeah, I look forward to that. Uh, what would be the name of your autobiography? Oh. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I've never been asked that question. Um, the name of my autobiography... Maybe, and I'm stealing this from the commentator at the West Ham game, maybe yeah. a, um, it'll be a penny for your thoughts. Ooh, nice. You know, I might, I might have to take that for the for the title of this this episode as you well. Can, you, you, can, you can take that. <laughs> you can take it. It's no copyrights. Oh, okay, good. Nice one. Uh, who's your favourite artist or band? All time or current? Yeah, or... Uh, go on, both. All time and, and current. My favourite artist all time, I'd have to say, J. Cole. Mm, I, listen, okay. I have listened to a lot of his music. Um, but then all time, I don't, it, it changes. No, sorry, current, it just changes. Um, I just, whatever I'm feeling, I'm very like, eclectic. So I'll just yeah. jump into any sort of music. Yeah, whatever nice. I'm feeling on that day, that's what sticks. Nice. Um, I love, uh, is it False Prophets? Uh, by by J. Cole. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, yeah that's yeah. a deep one. That's, that's a, a deep nice one. Thing. I I can sit and listen <laughs> to that one for hours upon hours. Yeah, yeah. That's a nice one. Uh, KFC or McDonald's? Neither. I'm an athlete. <laughs> Correct answer. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, worst place you could get stuck? Worst place I could get stuck. Um, mm. You know what? Oh, nah, this nah, I'm not going to say that because I don't <laughs> want to be um, banned from their country. But anywhere with spiders, like that's why I didn't want to say Australia because it's known for its spiders. <laughs> I'm petrified. I'm terrified of spiders. So yeah. anywhere with spiders, there's there's a no from me. Wow. Okay. That's that's a that's a good one. Uh, well, <laughs> would you rather be too hot or too cold? Too cold because I feel like when you're too hot. 
it, it, it's, it's impossible to cool down. Yeah. No matter if you've got a fan or too, I'd rather be too cold. Mm-hmm. I think that's, find me someone who would say I'd be too hot. I don't think they exist. Yeah. No, no I'm, one I'm, says that. I'm not, because then once you get into that conversation, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, then, then they change your opinion. Then they just, <laughs> they'd rather say too cold. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's very true. Uh, what's your favourite day of the week? Saturday. Mm. Is it game Saturday, day? Game day, match game day. day. Nice, nice. Uh, here's a, a new question for this week. Uh, Claude Makalele or Angolo Kante? <laughs> That's so tough because I think I think I just missed out on the Makalele like era. Mm. I think I've just missed out to see his effects on a pitch. However, you, obviously, I'm not going to discredit him um, in any sort of way. So that's just a very tough one because because everyone says the number number four position is a Makalele role. Yeah, but Kante's kind of made it his own role as well. Yeah, so Kante yeah. can play four, eight, or a six. Like it doesn't matter. You just put him there; he'll do his job. So oh, I'm going to say Kante. Nice. Okay. Well, I'm gonna, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. I've got. Yeah, I'm sticking with Kante. You could say Kante is Makalele version two. That's an argument. I guess you could. Although it's maybe it's yeah. a different role, I suppose, but. It's a different role, but then if you see what um, Kante done at Leicester and how big yeah. he made himself and then going to the World Cup squad mm. and, and the Euro squad and then went to Chelsea and then he won back-to-back titles, it just shows how effective, obviously, he is as a player. Yeah. So you, you can't discredit him whatsoever like about his game and, and how much impact he has on those around him. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, supposedly, has he been injured or, you know, he's not get, been getting the playing, playing time he has in the last few seasons, but he's still, yeah. you know, he's still up there. I've, I mean, he, if anybody deserves an injury, I'm not saying I wish an injury <laughs> from anybody, like if you see the amount of like blade of grass he covers, yeah, yeah. like, like it's, it's bound to happen at some point, his body's going to like break down at some point. But, yeah, you know, you know, if you've got him and his team on a, on a Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Saturday night, Sunday daytime, he's he's gonna be he's yeah. gonna be like doing his job for you. Nice, nice. Good good answer there. Uh bit of a weird question now. Uh do you have a favorite smell? Or what what would be your favorite smell if you had one? Favorite smell. <laughs> I'm actually no. Actually no, I've got an answer to this. Okay. Whenever I go over to my nan's house and she's cooking, any yeah. sort of food she's cooking, yeah, that that's Just hands any down. cooking. Yeah, like Oh. Whether it's like a curry coat, a jerk chicken, like any yeah. sort of cooking, or even when she's baking, that's my favourite. Oh. Easily, nice, nice, very, very wholesome question. Uh, yeah. Answer. There you go. Um, and for our eleventh and final quickfire question, uh, would you rather visit the past or the future? Future, because if you visit, you can't really like change anything from the past. Like it's been and it's happened. You can only amend what's going forward. So if you can visit the future you learn along the way on like what you get to in my opinion well nice now that just sorted <laughs> there you go that's it <laughs> usually we have like five minute answers about that but oh um, no it's, it's i think that's very straightforward because 
I, I mean, I understand why people would would want to go to the past. They can yeah. reflect on what decisions they made or they're in like the position they are currently because of the past. But yeah. the, you can't really dwell on it because it's been and gone, and you can't you can't change it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd I'd always be the future. Um, I, I I get why people might want to go back, and and people also say, well, I'm going to be in the future anyway, so I guess I'll be there. But I, I, I get that. I get that. But it's yeah. future for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it well, it, it depends. I don't really specify on the question, but it depends how far you also go in the future. I mean, like a thousand years in the future. A thousand years, that'd be kept crazy. Even if you're going, (laughs) even if you're going into tomorrow or Saturday, like Mm. you're still going to know like what an an outcome possibly could be. So you've got the time to try and adjust or amend before you get there. Wow. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) We just started. We're like a thousand years in the future. Oh, brilliant. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of the future, let's go back to the past. Let's get straight into the interview. And um, so if you just want to tell us like how you got into football then, uh, speaking of the past, how did you sort of first get into it? Um, and then how did you end up going into the whole uh, youth system? Um, from like my own earliest memory, I just remember one day at school, um, like a bunch of my friends that were there, they all played football, and I, w- I don't really believe it being like that massive, massive on football. I think I might have been like six or seven at the time. And then, um, from what I can remember, I just remember one day asking if I could join in and play, and they said yeah. And from that day forward, I didn't really look back. And it was like only a couple of years after that, one of the lads that was in my year at school had told me that his dad was starting up a like a, a team for like the local lads or whatever. And I was thinking, well, I'll happily go down and join obviously if my mum said yeah um and I think that's that's when I started so I must have been yeah six seven and then joined my first team when I was eight um that was for within CAFC and from there I spent maybe three years there maybe four um but you remember like when you're growing up and like whatever big team it is around you they'd always do like the soccer camps like we do it at mm. Kidderminster now but just over at Baxter College, like on their 4G, there's always like soccer camps or nice. whatever you want to call it. And me and my brother um, both went down for the week and it was on the first day. Like no one really knew how good me and my brother were together when we played. And the first day that we was there, I remember, it was a whole city training camp. And me and my brother went down, put us both on the same team, playing against obviously all lads that we knew and stuff and lads that have travelled from other sides of Hull. We went and I don't think we conceded a goal. We must have won about 13 or 14 nil. <laughs> yeah, right. and okay. it was from there, like towards the end of the week, um, that's when Hull City first asked me and my brother to go for a trial. And obviously at that, at that point in time, I just thought, well, I, must, I must be good at this. I must yeah. be good at doing something here because otherwise I want to get scouted, if you like. And um, we went down and... <laughs> I'm, <laughs> we both had a six-week trial and my brother got signed and I didn't. And I wow. was so envious. And yeah, I was fuming, raging. But I wasn't upset because mm. I was like, that's my brother. Like, that's my yeah, main competition. Yeah, yeah. So I was just, I was angry more than anything, thinking like, why has he got signed and not me? And I remember the excuse. They said I was 11 at the time. And I remember they said that my left foot wasn't good enough or I don't use my left foot enough. Bearing in mind, bearing in mind, my mum came to watch that game, and I scored two goals, both of me left Ooh. foot. So I was <laughs> okay. So yeah, so you can wow. imagine how sore my mum was about it. And then it was shortly after that I carried on playing for me, me local side, and um, kept doing well. And then Hull City asked me to go back again, 
And I said, no, because I was, I'm not being turned down again. I don't Ooh. want to do that. I'm, and okay. the, coaching, the coach in particular was the one that released me. And I yeah. just said, no, I don't want to go. I don't like him. That's and it. then it was towards the end of that year, they come up to me again and just said, oh, like, come down. Like, next year the coaches change and you'll be with this <laughs> coach, blah, blah, blah. It's like, right, okay, went down for another trial um, just at the age of 12. And then from that six-week trial, within three weeks, I was signed. Wow, that's it. So how far did your brother get in? What, what um, did you do now? Uh, my brother now, he's, he, I, I mean, I hate to say he was forced to retire when he was 18 or 19, 19, I think. Um, but he just, he just works in, last time I checked, he worked in hotels and stuff like as a manager. Okay. But, yeah. But before that, before that, like, everyone says it and everyone always said it. Like my brother was always, always better than me. Mm. And I hold my hands up to it. Cause we both know, we both know deep down that he was like technically better than me, stronger, faster, everything you could want as a wow. modern day footballer. Yeah. He was way better than I was. And, um, when he was 14, was he 14? Yeah, when he was 14, he'd broken his leg Ooh. and then he missed, yeah, he missed a whole year. Wow. Um, and then he came back, started like finding his feet again and started mm. playing well as an under 16, played a few games for the youth team. And then it was after that, he didn't get offered a, a scholarship and he he went down to Leighton Orient, I think it was on trial, done a week and then they asked him to go back for a month, but he wanted to stay fit. So he started playing a game. He played a game for the local side, and I'm not sure it was like that much into the game. And then he'd done his crucial ligaments. Oh no! Yeah, and, and from there it was just like uh, an upset of injuries from him. Really, like he'd yeah. done his crucial. Remember, he had the operation, and I'm sure he'd done it again. Or he, like he did the operation or something, and it wasn't right, so he had to get another operation. And um, and then his his patella, like I think. Well, I remember one day he was walking down the stairs and his patella like dislocated and it kept oh and he could keep moving it in. Yeah, he kept moving it in and out of wow. socket. And um and he had to get another operation. So I'm sure he had like three operations in the space like 18 months. And it was from there, I think he just kind of accepted like it's not not meant to be. Yeah, yeah. Did did he ever want to go, you know, try and be involved in in football, some other way like coaching or you know, a bit of management um, or something? At this point, he'd moved away. Like, he'd moved over to Warrington, where he still lives now. And I don't think the thought really crossed his mind. I think right. it might have done, like, he might have thought, oh, I can just play, like, five-a-side with, like, lads around there, or I can do this or that. I think he had that, that like, switch for it and wanted to go do it again. But it, I don't think he was ready to, like, fully dive in without having, like, proper rehab, like, football yeah. rehab and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, he's, he never really never really like went back into it like he might play like the odd game and like every now and then yeah. with some lads will just ask him to go play or whatever but it, i don't think you'll you'll ever go back down to it as serious as what he used to be that's a shame a shame for him um so so when you were at hall and everything uh did you always play as a defender no when i first when i first signed all i was at first i was a winger i went yeah. there as a winger and then um and then I remember I was like, oh, well, when I was at my local side, I didn't really play on the wing. I played centre mid. So then I played a couple, like a year at centre mid, but I was scoring goals like all the time. So yeah. I went, went as a striker and um, as I was playing as a striker with like me and this other lad that's just signed at um, South End, um, me and him used to play up front together and we just, and our whole, whole team just score like nine, 10 goals every single weekend. <laughs> 
and it was from there I just thought well I can I can be a striker like I know I can be I can score goals I can do this I can do that and that's when I got my first call up internationally as a schoolboy for Wales and went there as a striker and for like the next two years I just had my head and heart set as a striker but then I'd go play striker when I was like 15 14, 15 when I was at Hull no at Wales and come back at Hull and I'd start playing like centre mid or centre back or right back and I'm I'm thinking I'm not sure what's going on here am I getting mixed messages but then there'd be the odd game where I'd be playing up front for like the older age groups I'm thinking well I can still play up front like why are you playing me but I was I remember at that time my mum would just say to me it's like well it's good to be versatile like you can play all these different positions and coaches would say that as well I was like yeah but I want to be a striker they know I want to be a striker so why are they not playing me as a striker and there'd be the odd game where some of like the better lads in my team would be playing up an age group and I'd stay with my own age group and would play up front and score. So it didn't make sense to me. But then it came to when I was like 15, 16, where the head of academy at the time just said, like, we need to make a decision on where you're going to play, like what you're going to do, like, because you need to nail down a position. Mm. And they, they, they said to me, they always saw me better as a defender because I read the game well compared to others. So... Um, I, just, I accepted it and then that's when they offered me as a scholarship as a, as, as a defender if you like because I, I could play centre-back and right-back but I, never, I didn't play right-back anywhere near as much as I played centre-back yeah okay um, so how did you find your, your time uh, at Hall then uh, with, with your scholarship and then did you find it impacted on your development as as a player but also as a, as a person did you learn anything in, in that sense Oh, as a person, massively. Um, and as a player, I still do things today from the coach I had at the time wow. at Hull, Billy Russell. I do, I, mean, I, I speak to him quite often as well. I speak to him on the phone and I always tell him like I still have the same, <laughs> the, yeah. I still have his Scottish voice going around my head. <laughs> like no matter, no matter what it is I'm doing, I'll yeah. always have his voice in my head. And some of the things he would tell me and or tell the group, sorry, about football and life and how it all correlates together um that still sticks with me and it always will so as a player and as a person I just I've taken that with me like every single day that I've lived like it, it has impacted me massively and I'm grateful for it if, to be like to be honest oh that's nice that's nice um so if I'm right in thinking you you rejected a scholarship uh, extension with Hall um after mm-hmm. that and you, you signed for Bedworth United in 2015 Mm-hmm. Um, so what made you decide to do that? I mean, cause that's a, that's a big step, you know, that's, that's a brave thing to do. Yeah. So, um, in my first year as a scholar, I played pretty much every single game, um, minus like one or two just through niggly injuries. And in my second year, I actually, I'd had a bilateral pass fracture in my, in my back. So I'd missed six, seven months of the season anyway. And it, that didn't stop my development because I've thought to myself, well, as long as I can play like the, the last few games of the season or the last yeah. couple of months, I'll hopefully I can impress enough to get a pro contract and stuff. And then it was towards the end of the season and then done ligaments in my ankle. Like I was like my fifth or sixth game back, I've done ligaments in my ankle. So I'm thinking, God, God say, I don't need this. I don't need this yeah. now, especially. And, um, and at this point when I was at Hull, this... I went and spoke to him and just said, like, I just, I want to know for my own, my own peace of mind, like, if I'm going to be offered a pro contract, am I not? Or am I allowed to go trial at other teams while still here? And in all fairness to them, they let me go trial at Notts County. And I went on trial at Burnley as well. And Notts County didn't go through. And then Burnley, I remember I was there and 
I'd done really well like the week I was there. Like I know I did well because well, I did well up until the game. Like the game we played and we played against Falkirk and we lost nine one. And I was obviously from there as a as a defender when you're conceding nine goals, you're just yeah. thinking there's not there's not a chance they're gonna offer me a contract. <laughs> like not not after that. Wow. But um having spoken with the manager there, he said to me, he was like, Oh, come back first day of preseason and then we can get like can we can see how fit you are then we can obviously try and push you on with the lads because we will we'll want to look to sign you. And at the time, obviously, I was I was buzzing because I just thought, right, well, I've got something nailed on here. And my agent knew that at the time. So it was like, right, just stay fit. Just make sure I'm fit for that first day back. Two days before, um, my agent got a phone call and just said, oh, that they didn't want me. They changed the whole youth system, wow. brought, in new co- brought in new coaches and stuff. And then obviously that that went out the window. Um, so that, that that's when I was just a bit stuck and I just didn't know what to do because I didn't know where I was going or whatever. And um, and I obviously on the phone to my agent every day. And I remember I called my uncle because my uncle's the assistant at Bedworth United. Mm. And I called him and I, I always get football advice from him as well because he's been in around the game for 30 odd years now. And um, I remember just speaking to him saying like, look, I'm stuck. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going to happen. And he said, well, if you want to, like, you can come down here, like, come stay with me, go stay with your auntie and, like, just play a few games around here, see if you enjoy it. And if you do, then fantastic. We'll see if we can get something sorted for you. All right, not a problem. Went down, played. Weirdly, my, my uncle still thought I was a striker. So I went down, <laughs> played as a striker. Yeah. And I'd not played, at this point, I'd not played striker for, like, two or three years. And um, thankfully, like, the manager, they, he said he wanted me. So I was like, okay, brilliant. And I, that's when I just thought, well, I've got no other option, so I'm going to take it. Like whether I, whether no matter what level it is, I've got to take it because I want. I still wanted to play football. Yeah, yeah. And and but then, so I'm, oh, I missed out the denying of the contract at Hull. So well, jumping back Ooh, when I on, come back, yeah. yeah, yeah. So when um when I'd finished my trial at Burnley, went back to Hull, and I just and obviously they just said like, oh, like how's it gone, blah blah blah. And I didn't want to tell them everything because then I knew they wouldn't have offered me like a contract. So I remember sat in the room with my mum and they just said to me, oh, look, um, we're not going to offer you a, a full pro contract. We're going to offer you a six-month extension of your, of your, of your um, scholarship. So I was like, right, what does that consist of? So they was obviously going to pay me more money, but I had like six, what, six extra months to prove myself on the six months I missed out on. So I said, okay, well, I'm not sure I'll feel about that because I've, I, I personally felt like I was in a position where I deserved a contract because they've seen me throughout my first year yeah. and and I trained with the the first team a couple of times in my first year so I don't understand where you're coming from with that really and they said well you don't have to make a decision now just just what like just get back to us like obviously before like pre-season and let us know um then that's when obviously I went down to Bedworth and I just enjoyed it down there I just called my mom to say like, I'm not going back to Hull and she said are you sure yeah, called the coach at the time and just said, "Like, I don't want to accept it." Wow, some some big. That's a big. That's a big call, especially oh, at that age as well. Yeah, because yeah. I, I just felt like um, speaking with my agent, speaking with my uncle at the time. Being eighteen, they said you need to play men's football and understand what it's like to mm. play in a men's game yeah. because he said you've just come from like a youth system where it's just been like robustic. If you like you told to play a certain way and do a certain thing. Whereas in men's football, men's football, it's not like that. It's about dealing with it or dealing with situations that occur on the pitch as and when they happen. So it was like, okay, fair enough. As as development goes, that's probably going to be the best for me. 
and that's when yeah I just made the decision not to go back to Hull and wanted to kick on oh nice so so did you enjoy your time at, at Bedworth uh, yes and no <laughs> yeah. yes because it was like a fresh start for me like I moved away yeah. from Hull and, that, and now I'm living in Birmingham um, and it was it was just a fresh start and I thought to myself well I can get away from all the noise in Hull because it's such a small area everybody knows everybody everybody knows everybody's business yeah. so for me it was like right get away play football and, and I was working at the same time so for me I enjoyed it because I was away from like home and at the same time I didn't enjoy it because I, I wasn't playing every game like I'd come off the bench for like 10 minutes or 5 minutes or the games where I'd start I'd get come off after like I'd come off at half time or 60 minutes and I was just thinking well this is completely like unfair yeah. considering I've moved my whole life away from Hull to be down here yeah, and they yeah. said well they just said well that's that's just football at the end of the day like you can't can't like sit here and just like beg to start or whatever because that's not the way it works yeah um what what, what league were bedworth in at that time then? they were in the northern were they no they were either northern or southern prem because oh, okay. then from yeah because yeah, then when i think sure they were not no they were southern bedworth was southern prem and then i went to Stourbridge after that and they were northern prem so i played oh, like yeah. both leagues if you like in the space of two months yeah yeah i mean that that's that's a good standard i mean we've, we've had a uh, a lot of people on who have played that level um you know really talented as well so i mean that's mm-hmm. you know that that is that's men's football you know to yeah <laughs> to, to get you um acclimatized to that um so so tell us a, about some of the clubs that you were at uh after bedworth as well um and where maybe you liked playing and maybe some that didn't you know, go go so well. Maybe you're looking for a bit more from from those clubs. So after Bedworth, I went to Stourbridge. They asked me to go down for a training session just to see what I was like to get a feel of me. Yeah. And in the first training session, I just remember, like, I remember I trained unbelievably, and all the lads were saying, "Like, can I? Like, who's this? Like, where's he from? Like, who, <laughs> like, why is he training with us?" Yeah. And um, and that's when who was the, the manager at the time was Gary Hackett and. He just okay. obviously, and at the time he was just like, "Yeah, we just want to see what what you're about, what position you play, blah blah blah." And I, I tried getting in there saying I could play, I can, play, I want to play centre mid because I felt like that's what I could do. Yeah. And in the first couple of sessions, well, that first training session, like we did a little five aside, and I played in the midfield area, if you like, and I just felt like I had control of the whole session. Wow. And that, yeah, I, I nice. I know it's, I know it, it's a bit. <laughs> It's not modest speaking that way, but that's how I felt. That's how I felt yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then it was it was after like after that session, um, I remember coming back and um, they just said, "Oh yeah, we want to sign him. We want to we want to get him in." And I, obviously, I was happy at this point because I thought, "Well, I'm still not giving up on my dream on football. I'm still pursuing that." But then, <clears throat> if things just didn't go well, that I wasn't playing at all. I played in like an under twenty threes game against Wolves. And I played in a cup game. I can't remember who it was against, but we we lost. And like each game I played in, like we lost, but it was completely like unjust to my performance because I never thought I played bad in either game. It was just unfortunate that we lost because then I felt like it gave a manager an excuse to not play me. Yeah. And and from there, um, it was Carl Abbott. He 
he'd rang me one night, didn't know who he was, didn't have a clue like who he was, and he just rang me and said, oh. Just got a call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just said, I don't know where you got my number from as well. <laughs> and he said, oh, it's Carl, Carl Abbott here. You might know me as Abbo. Um, so I was just wondering if you wanted to come down. Yeah, just wondering if you wanted to come down to Hinkley. And I was like, I said, I'm going to have to get back to you. I need to, I'm, the first person I wanted to contact was my uncle because I'd yeah. obviously been, been around this area. I didn't have a clue what teams were, or what the names were. And he obviously is from around this area, so he knows everything. And I said, who are Hinkley? And he's like, you don't know who Hinkley are? Like, I used to play for Hinkley. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, so I just thought, well, okay, like I'm going to go try and, like, try and keep enjoying football. And if not, might it might have to call it a day on that. But I remember going to Hinkley, I've never, there was not a period in, like, in life during that time where I, like, I didn't love football as much as I did at my time at Hinkley. That made me like, really want to play football again wow. and really want to kick on. And they were like Midman's League. So like, to me, the standard was still good because some of the players that we had come up against, they've been at a good level and they just come down the levels because of work or kids or family or whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. the reason it may be. But the group that we had there like just made me fall in love with football again, like all over again. I was thinking this is a new start for me, if you like. Yeah, and nice. easily, easily, that was my most enjoyable, say six, seven months, like throughout that period of time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's true. Like you say, um, you do get a real mix of like lads like yourself at the time, you know, sort of coming through and then you might get someone, um, you know, like who was Premier League, say like 10 years ago, sort of playing mm -hmm. that kind of level football. And then you, in, in the mix as well, you'll have someone who does it part-time, you know, works in a, yeah. in a warehouse, you know, alongside the, the guy coming in alongside the ex Premier League football. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a, an interesting um, just sort of, not not just league, but like a environment of, of football as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. You'd, like, you'd get the odd one or two that would think that's the, like the lifestyle's still up here, yeah. but in reality, like the down here sort of thing. But, and they, <laughs> yeah. almost, they almost couldn't let go of the fact that you're not up here anymore. The, the, yeah, they used I, to be. They used to be that. Yeah. But now they're, yeah. they're down here. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, so uh, coming up to, to 2017, um, do you joined Jamie Vardy's, was it the, the V9 Academy? I think. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so to tell us like, a, a bit about that, I mean, how, how do you, how do you join? Um, do you, do you get invited? Um, and you know, just like, basically what, what, what did you do there? And, and also how does, did, how does it differ from a, like a, a team as well, like a football team? Mm. Like, so I, um, yeah. <laughs> like I got invited to go. I was at Nuneaton at the time. Like I'd just gone from Hinkley to Nuneaton. So I was in like a full-time professional like, environment, if you like. Like the first yeah. one I've been in since I've been at Hull. And um, it was like midway through that season, I remember the gaffer pulled me and two other lads um, across saying, oh, um, you've been invited to go to the, like, the V9 Academy, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, don't have a clue what this is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, thank you. Like I, I thought... And it, I initially thought, well, it's like you're sort of Nike Academy, like, yeah. you know, where you see where you, like you just, I just thought it might be something like that where players have been released and they just need to go to an academy to to keep, I don't know, on top of their their football in life where it's yeah. not robotic, but it's like under 23 sort of level. Do you know what I mean? Where mm. you're still yeah. 
not learned the men's side of football, but this is like another like pathway for you to go somewhere else if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just sort of keep, that's in, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I initially thought it was. So at first, I was kind of like, don't really want to do this, but like, yeah. and you just never like you never know. And um, it was Lee Tucker who spoke to like me and two of the other lads, and then he said, "Yeah, we really want you down there." Um, it's a good opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And he sent an email across and give you like an itinerary of what you could read through, what the different possibilities could, that could come from the week that we was there. And then this went on at the end of the season. Um, it was, we was there for a week at the Etihad, like campus. And it was literally being in like a full-time environment, like football environment, but more intense because everything what you would do that would I'd say everything that was settled there would be over like a three week period, but it was crammed into a week. So wow. first day we got there, it was like obviously introductions, blah, blah, blah. And then the next day straight in training, like bunch of like bunch of lads across, um, across non-league from conference down, like conference, conference North and South, um, just all bunched together. And it's like, just get to know each other straight away. And, and in all fairness, I think everybody on that trip that was there, I just clicked straight away because they played against each other, known of each other. Mm. So there wasn't any sort of hostility, if you like, when you was in there. Um, and then, yeah, boom, second day you're in training session, back, eat food, another training session, back, recover, um, might be a little meeting or whatever. And then like, then you're free to do whatever you want, like games or it was a pool table, some lads took PlayStations and stuff. And then uh, it was the Wednesday where there was another training session in the morning with um, uh, Rene Molstein, like the ex-United mm, um, yeah. first team coach, like he come in and done a session with us. But then um, the session you was the sessions you were doing was with all different coaches from um, different levels. So you had um, some guys from like Sunderland, Chef United, um, QPR, um, Alan Stubbs was there. So you had all these different coaches and ex-managers that had been there who come down and, and talk like three individual teams that you were split off into and you was with them full time, if you like. And it, it, yeah, it gave you that professional feel and environment because you was around these like ex pros, ex legends of the game. Um, and then it was, it was almost like a showcase come the end of the week where scouts came down to watch games. Like there was so many scouts that were there wow. to watch and then pick out individuals, if you like. And, um, some lads got fortunate and some lads didn't. And that's, that's just the way it was. It was just kind of like potluck, but at the yeah. same time, it just gives you that, all, that experience of, can I be at this full-time level? Can I be a professional at this level and dedicate myself? Or can I not do I want to just, do I want to accept that I'm going to be semi-pro and do part-time for the rest of like for, for the next few years until I get a fortunate breakthrough. So that was, that was basically the, the whole week in a nutshell. But over that period of time, you still met and talked to lads who, I still speak to a few of them today, like just from that week alone and the bonding and stuff that you get from there. So it was all, like, overall just a great experience of of the full-time professional environment at that elite level. Yeah. Would you say it's like a, like a bit of a make or break sort of thing? Like this is what it's going to be. You either can do it or you can't sort of thing. I mean, I mean, that was my mindset. Yeah. I don't know about other lads. My mindset was kind of like, well, this might be the final piece now. Like, one like to know if I can be at that next level yeah. or if not and I felt like I could because the teams that you play against there they were I can't remember the teams that you like the showcase games were against but there were like men's teams and there was um you play against them and it give you that understanding like well 
if I can do this now after the season that I've just had being in a full-time environment and this will tell me whether I can or cannot continue by uh, that sort of level, the elite level. And in my mind, I didn't doubt it. But then there's like I know that some lads that were there, I I'm sure some of them just don't play football anymore. But, mm. but that's what I say. My, my mindset was whether I can continue playing or not. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, well... I suppose it was very good for you. Um, tell us, sort of, who did? You, well, did you did you get scouted from from that from I, the academy? In the end, in, in the end, I did initially. <laughs> like, and that's what like, but that's what they that's what they wanted to drill into. As they said, it's not going to be a case of like the next twenty four hours we're going to have those phones ringing off. It might be that case, but at the same time, like, just be patient because something might not come of it, come of it straight away. Some yeah. might some something might not come at all. Um, but yeah, then eventually I remember, so that was in the June, like late May, early June. And I was going back to pre-season in July with back when and Eaton. So I just thought, well, just get myself ready for pre-season because nothing's happening. Nothing's going to happen. And um, we went back to pre-season and I remember my agent speaking to me at the time saying, oh, like, um, there's a few clubs that I've been looking at since the V9 thing. Um, he said, so just make sure you're, you're fit and you're ready come pre-season because you may or may not be going like just depends on obviously how how you are and he didn't tell like he didn't tell me any of the teams I remember we played a bunch of friendlies as you do at the beginning of preseason, and one of them was against Peterborough and I remember in that game it was 2-0 down early on and then we scored and I remember that game I picked the ball up from my own half and I ran past maybe three or four different players and at the time like even now I won't think anything of it I just thought it's just another football game like but I picked the ball, ran between three or four players, took it on, went to shoot, got fouled, got a penalty. And then I remember like they, that was just before half time, went in at half time, and then the manager said to me, he's like, just he said, How are you feeling? I was like, Yeah, I'm okay. Like, I'm fine. Like he said, like, do you want to play 60, 75, 90? I just went, just play me the 90. I feel good, I feel fit. And then um, and this is what I got told afterwards. The next 10 minutes, we were winning 3-2, and then they scored 3-3. Three, three. And I remember at 60, 65 minutes just randomly it's like like penny get like come on i was thinking i thought i was playing 90 minutes <laughs> yeah anyway come off went inside got showered got changed and then the manager just said like come to my office before you leave and i was thinking okay <laughs> what have I, like what have i done like yeah. it's rare that it's rare that i've ever got the curly finger but it was yeah. like just come to me come to my office when you're done so i was like damn, what have i done went in he just said um he said i didn't want to take you off but i had to because peterborough want to sign you and i went I went, oh, yeah, okay. And he was like, no, I'm dead serious. He said, that's why like, oh I God. told you to come off. Because apparently, what obviously from what I was told, Barry Fry had gone to somebody um, in our like technical area or that was watching from the stand to speak to our chairman, to speak to the manager to take me off because they wanted to sign me. So I was like, okay. I remember going home and I was just sat there thinking, like, I don't know how true this is. I'm not. I'm not sure at all. Yeah. Obviously, straight on the phone to my agent, just saying like, like, "What's going on? Like, what's happening?" And he just said, "Yeah, like we're trying to push for you to sign like sign for Peter." He said, "Like tonight was their final straw. If like they just wanted to see you in a game." So I was like, "Wow, oh, like fantastic! Like get in." Um, so, so do you so, think yeah. that, that friendly was was uh, scheduled for you? Do you think that was it? Possibly, but then, <laughs> at, but at the same time, oh, um, God. our assistant, our assistant coach, his son played for Peterborough as well. Oh, so okay. there was yeah. there was obviously some sort of connection from there before. So maybe yeah. it could have just been settled from that. I don't obviously I don't want to read into it too much, but 
like fortunately mm. enough like after after that game like a week or so later that's when I signed at Peterborough he's, he's got to read between the lines you know that's <laughs> they, they they there was a friendly and then you were signed by them uh, <laughs> you know I'm, I'm not saying anything but there you go um yeah so I mean how how did it then feel to you to to think well okay I've been recognized you know and you know a few years back I was you know in the Midlands Premier League and then you know showing showing my sort of stuff in the in the V9 Academy how did it then feel to think okay you know I might be getting somewhere you know been been uh, scouted by League One side I mean I, I think it was just all a bit surreal at the moment because um like these lads like obviously in League One have been together now for like a good few months or a good year or so and they've done all the pre-season tour together and obviously I wasn't involved in that so it took a while to get not accepted but part of the group if you like um so yeah for me it was just sort of surreal like oh, I'm playing at a League One club and then obviously everyone back home for me was like buzzing was excited um but I just it, it just took like a, like a few months to actually like realize like I'm I'm a professional footballer in a league one side mm. like the like like the penny not fully dropped at this point and and I think throughout my like my up until when I started my first game that's how it all like sort of felt and always felt because I remember going into some training sessions and I was thinking like like how are they doing that like how's he doing that like why can't <laughs> I do that or like like just like confused almost about the whole thing thinking like um, I, I felt like I was out of place because some of the some of the things I'd see daily, I was thinking, like yeah. technically I'm nowhere near as good as you, but we're we're on the same team. Like, how does that work? Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's like yeah. these are the questions I'd I'd sit and ask myself and just think, like, just how, like, why? But I was there for a reason, and that was, and it was just finding that reason. And eventually, yeah, obviously, yeah. after me after after me first start, that's when it fully sank, and I was like, right, well. I'm good at doing this. I'm good at doing that. That's maybe why like they wanted me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you, they they obviously saw something in you, you know, to mm-hmm. to pick. So, you know, it, you you can think like, what was that? But you know, you just got to play your game, I guess, and, and yeah, keep course. doing keep doing that. And that's yeah, I mean, that, that's that's how they've um, that's how they picked you up. Yeah, of course. Mm, nice. Um, so how so so just sort of tell us then sort of about your time at Peterborough and then um, what happened what happened after that. So I was quite I was quite fortunate in a way because you need that sort of look in football. Um, the right back that was playing ahead of me, um, he got injured. I can't remember what he did, but then obviously in my mind I was just thinking, just be ready. But yeah. because that the the team that we had was um, adaptable to play like different formations and stuff. So I just, initially in my mind, I thought, I'm not going to play because they're going to change to a three at the back and they're going to put wingers in as wing backs, blah, blah, blah. And I just thought, I'm not going to get my chance here. But then it was, I think the day before we was travelling down to Charlton, the gaffer pulled me in the office and I was like, obviously another curly finger. And I was thinking, like, what have I been doing? <laughs> what have like, you done this time? Like, and, yeah, like for, for the whole time of me, being yeah. told to go to his office, to go in, going into his office, I'm thinking, like, what oh have you done God, today? Yeah. Like, what have you done over the last week? And then he pulled me and he said, like, how are you? Just like small talk. And I was like, good, blah, blah, blah. He said, um, I want to start you this weekend against Charlton. So I went, Ooh. okay, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you. I, I appreciate it. 
he's went like he said I feel like it's like it's come to a point where you've earned it now and he said obviously with um, Sheps being out injured obviously you're the next point of call and I just like obviously we we like we need you at this moment in time and let's let's just see what like what what we can do and what what we can produce out here so I was thinking right well okay well I'll make sure I'm ready and and yeah and it was just and from there after that first game I thought everything was just going to kick off and I thought like this is where obviously I make this position mine and no one's going to play above me that's what I thought yeah. but then yeah that first game we drew 2-2 and the final like I remember they scored the equaliser and it was it was I put the blame down to me because I switched off and my man scored at the back post and obviously you can't ever afford to do that at any level but then I then had a good run in the team for a good few months like up until like January like I played a good full, like a good handful of games um, how old were you I at, remember at the time when you, when you got the chance to, to 20 at, nice yeah I was 20 um, so but like because I'd experienced so much men's football and so much had gone on in my, my, my private life as well during that point, I felt like I was ahead of my years in a way. Mm, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, um, but I think that helped, helped me and everything I learned from being at Hull, um, like it allowed me to be, well, have that mature side to just to adapt into any situation. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's always good to, to go back and say, like, well, you know, how old are you? Because we, we've been talking, you know, like you've gone through so many, you know, different things with, with the different clubs, you know, like rejected mm-hmm. and being scouted and to still say, yeah, I was, I was like 20. Still, mm-hmm. I mean, the, <laughs> that's that's still, that's that's very big. Um, so then, so so tell us then sort of how how you went from Peterborough and then the, the, the stages that took you then to, to signing for, for Kidderminster Harriers in, in 2020? Um, so I remember that obviously um, there was one training session um, I think it was before like an FA Cup game against Leicester and the Monday the Monday morning just a normal training session gone to put my arm across somebody and then dislocated my shoulder like popped out of place and and I knew wow. straight away something was bad yeah. Um when I'd had my scan and stuff and they said, yeah, I'm going to need an operation on it. So I had an operation on that. But then at the same time, I needed an operation on my ankle because I had a, like a broken bone that was just floating around mm. in my ankle. But then when I went down to see the clinic, then he looked at the bone in my foot, but then at the same time I was doing all the tests for my ankle and realized that I needed stabilization in my ankle because my ligaments weren't fully attached on the other side. So wow. my, t- yeah, my time at Peterborough was cut short because of that. Um, and then come so, to the end of so, that season. So did they, um, how did they come to you and say, like, is, is this it or, you know, how, well, um, how did that happen? Um, I remember our manager got sacked and then Steve Evans came in and Steve Evans just pulled, like, pulled me in towards the end of the season, like maybe a month or so before the end and just said, like, look, um, going into next season, just so you're aware, like, you're not really going to be part of my plans. Like, like you can be around the building, be around the place, but you'll be with the tw- under 23s mainly. And speaking to my agent at the time, that's not what either of us wanted. So I just mm-hmm. had to accept it as like, okay, like that's your decision. I'm you're, you're the boss. I'm not going to go against that. Like, I could, I could stay and fight for my place, but if you're telling me like, I'm not going to be part of your plans, no matter what I do. Yeah, exactly. Then yeah. yeah. I've just got to accept it. So then that's when, um, we got a phone call from Hamilton in Scotland and they said they wanted to sign me like 
get him up here, sign him. And obviously in the Scottish Prem, so I thought, oh, it's a no-brainer. Like, go up there, do well yeah. up there, yeah. sign for what, either one of the big clubs up there in Scotland and then from there, hopefully get a move elsewhere and like, I can go down that path. Things obviously didn't work out when I was up there. Played a few, like, played the first few games, didn't play, then got put in against Rangers. Had an absolute nightmare of a game. Wow. Well, I say... <laughs> I say nightmare of a game. I had a nightmare 15 minutes. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just chucked yeah. you in straight in against Rangers. Well, chucked me in against Rangers, but like I was I, I was ready. I was ready to accept the challenge. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But like I remember, and what annoyed me even more at the end of the game, I got told like up until the last 15 minutes, I was tips for man of the match because I was playing that well. And then gave away two penalties in the space of six minutes. Mm. And and I remember we was all going, I was going ballistic. Like I wanted to fight the referee. Like that's how annoyed I was. Like, yeah, I was oh, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was I was fuming. Um, but obviously we sat and reviewed him, and both of them, if you look at them, were just the harshest penalties you can ever give. One was mm. a handball that 100 percent come off my shoulder, and then the second one, um, Morelos at the time, it was just clever play from him, like he got to the ball first. And then ran across me, and I, I swear to this day, I don't think I touched him. But if you look at a video, it might have been the slightest, <laughs> the slightest, slightest yeah. brush, like yeah, yeah. his boot against my leg, and he's gone down and got another penalty. You got to review the footage. We'll get that back. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like please do because I'm not the only yeah. person that that thinks that as well. Wow. Oh. So yeah. So then, how how do you go from there? Then up in Scotland, down to to Kidderminster. So left Scotland and then I was just, I remember speaking to my agent. I just said like, look, I just need to, I need to like clear my head. I need to get away for like a couple of weeks and then come back and then deal with whatever it is that I I need to be when I get back. So I went on holidays and stuff, came back and then sat down with my agent and just said like, what, what clubs are after me or does, is anybody interested? And there was not really anybody and I thought I'm back to this position position where I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, went on trial at a couple of clubs, went to um, Grimsby who were in league two at the time. And I remember that time at Grimsby, I was only there for a week. I was only meant to be there for one day, but they asked me to come back, played a game on the Saturday. They asked me to come back, train on the Monday. So I did. And then there was a game the Tuesday night and I played that. And then there was a game the Thursday night and I played that. All three of them were 90 minutes that I played. And each game that went on, I played better and better and better. So I'm thinking to myself, well, surely like they're going to sign me. Like I'm, there's, a, there's a huge chance. Yeah. And what, what, um, what was so sceptical to me about that whole process was the manager at Grimsby at the time was the under-23s manager at Burnley who didn't sign me and just said, come back oh, in pre-season. Okay. So... Like there was already history there. But I didn't think anything of that. But then afterwards, when he said that he wasn't going to offer me anything, it was just yeah. like, that's well, why I can understand why. That's why I can yeah. understand why. Um, so that didn't work out. When um, Then I went up to Fylde and I was at Fylde for like six weeks or something, purely because I was meant to be there for a week, but I was meant to play in a game. But the, like every game that got scheduled would be then cancelled or then like to try and rearrange like a little friendly or something against a local side or whatever it was get cancelled so I was thinking to myself like just 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 sign me <laughs> and then if you don't like me you don't have to play me I just want to be playing football yeah. and every, everything was going so well for like a week because then we played an in-house friendly game and um, 
And I thought after that session, they was going to sign me. Um, but then they told me to come into training the next day and speak to the manager then. In that training session, I injured my ankle. So I was like, oh, brilliant. And they said, well, you can come back and do like, you do like rehab with us and stuff until you're back playing on back training and then we can look at you again. And um, <laughs> and then that just went on for, yeah, too long in my opinion. I'd, you know, be in for, like the first couple of weeks I didn't go to him, but then the third week I was back training. I, I just want to know if there's any anything that's changed. Well, we need to see you in a game. And that mm. happened for three weeks in a row. They just kept saying the same thing. Yeah. And then my agent called me, said like, look, what do you want to do? You can either wait it out at Fylde or you can um, Wrexham when you just go on trial and you can go down there. So I was thinking, I'm, I'll just go to Wrexham because nothing's happening here. It's literally mm. just, I'm yeah. being told the same thing and I don't want to keep wasting my time and not get paid. So I went to Wrexham and was there for three days, four days. And I felt like the time I was there, I trained unbelievably again. And because that's, that's obviously what I've been good at, just training and just not getting over the final <laughs> yeah. hurdle. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, initially, I remember leaving the, the manager's office on a Tuesday and he said to me, yeah, we want to sign you, blah, 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 like 100%, like we'll contact your agent, we'll get money sorted, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, thank God, like signing for, like I'm signing for a, a um, conference, like Prem team at this point. So I'm mm. thinking like, get like it's going to happen. He said, yeah, we'll get you sorted, get you like back up here on Thursday or Friday ahead of the game Saturday. And I was like, like brilliant, like what, that's what I need come the Friday, packing all my stuff, getting ready to go because my agent said, just make sure you're ready. Packing all my stuff, getting ready to go, get a phone call off my agent and said, yeah, it's, gone, like, it's not gone through, like they don't want to sign you now. So I was like, excuse me. He said, yeah, um, because initially I was meant to go move into the player's house over there. Yeah. And and I was like, well, that's fine. Like, I don't mind doing that. And apparently there wasn't enough room in the player's house for me to stay over. That's what the reasoning was behind it. And I was right. like, surely not like there's something else going on here but yeah, I just never yeah. asked I'm just, I was like well okay can't can't do anything about it now but then was that was that when that, the um, when the, the the two guys were there the uh, was it Rob Rob McKelney and the um, I, I don't know the names you know the the, the two Americans that come in oh through? Ryan Reynolds and um, that's it yeah yeah now this now this, this was before that Is that before oh, like, right, okay. the, yeah yeah this that was in like 2000 and no god 2019 i think that was oh, yeah okay. 2019 and um so yeah and then but during this whole time of me going from grimsby to file to wrexham and um, boston united wanted to sign me like this yeah. like the like onto me and onto my agent every single week like we want you we want you we want oh. you and i was just like like at the time didn't know where boston was didn't have a clue didn't know anything about them so i was like well don't really want to do that because i'm unsure and it was part-time i wanted full-time and um and then it got to a point where I was sat, I was just sat playing my PlayStation, just thinking like, what the, what am I going to do? And my agent just said like, look, you can sign this at Boston. Just know that um, it's just short term. And then obviously if you do well, they're going to offer you something more towards the end of the season. Okay, fantastic. I was like, I'll just do it. I said, I need to be playing football. I need yeah. people to watch me like in order to, to get somewhere. So then my time at Boston, um, I didn't like I I believed I'd done well like throughout every single game that I played and I used to travel in with the assistant manager and and, and I I didn't care whether I played bad, good, or the team played bad. I'd say just tell me like honestly how you think we've done today or, or how I done. Yeah. I said, like you can be as brutal as you as you want, like this isn't gonna go any further than this car. And he would just say to me, he said, like, I thought you'd done well like this, you could have done this, you could have done that. But he said overall, I think it was like a seven out of ten or six, eight out of ten or whatever it was. So I was like, okay, fair enough. 
So I would never really drop below a six. I thought I must be doing something well. And then um, it was just coming up to me 23rd birthday and um, I get a message from Jimmy Sham, who was the um, yeah, yeah. manager manager at the time at Kidder. Yeah. Got a message from him just saying, oh, um, so what's your contract situation like at Boston? Um, like, what, are you there till the end of the season or have they got you on something permanent? I was, said, I just was honest. I said, like, I'm not in a position where I'm going to discuss that because I don't want to get in trouble, like speak to my agent, spoke to my agent and stuff. And um, and my agent just said, like, look, go speak to Boston. And if, like, if you want to stay there, that's fantastic. Like, you're enjoying it, blah, blah, blah. That's what we want. Um, but if you want to go to Kitty, we can obviously get something sorted then. I said, well, I'll speak to Boston first because I feel like I owe my loyalties to them yeah. because they took me in. They yeah, took yeah. me in when no one else did. So I remember speaking to the manager and I just said, like, look, i I do want to stay here. I'm enjoying it. Can like speak to the chairman to get something more permanently signed. This went on for a month to six weeks. I went to him every single training session. Have you spoke to the chairman? Have you spoke to the chairman? Oh, no, sorry. I've been busy. I'll call him tonight or I'll call him tomorrow. Didn't happen. And then um, my agent just rang me and said, like, look, like, we'll get something sorted, Kitty. It's like, are you happy with me telling them to put seven days in for you? went, absolutely, because Boston are messing me around. I'm not being in that boat again. And um, I was in, I was like, just sat around them for a week, didn't train with Boston, didn't go play any games. But that was just because, well, if you're not going to be there when I ask you to be, there's no, not a chance in the world I'm coming to play or train for you if you're yeah. not going to, if, if you're not going to cooperate. Yeah. And um, they put the seven days in. And then I remember I came down to Kiddy, just ready to sign, signed. And then from there, I've not looked back really. Obviously, things, didn't end well at Boston because the manager was then trying to beg me to stay after he found out that Kitty put seven days in for me. Like it was how that all came about was just too weird for me. So um, they put the seven days in and it was like the day after the, the manager of Boston like messaged me saying like, Oh, hi Alex. Well, I have spoke to the chairman want to get something more permanent for you. Um, we're moving to full-time next season, which they didn't. Um, so yeah, we're moving to full-time foot. Yeah. Moving to full-time football next year. And um uh, yeah, and then it ended like I want to try and get things sorted like for the team and the group for the, in, within the next seven days. As soon as I read within the next seven days, alarm bells. Yeah, it's that again. And I, yeah, and I was like, mm, that, nah, that doesn't sit right with me. I said, sorry, I I appreciate the offer and everything. It's a little too late. But my mind's up. My my mind's made up. I'm going to Kidderminster. Nice. Yeah, you, you, you can't keep being messed around. Do you know what I mean? To, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's not good. But I, I suppose if if you think if you look at like in the in, in the bigger picture, I suppose you always had Boston there, and then you you joined them at the right time because then that led to Kidderminster, I guess. Yeah, you know you could yeah. say like in the in the grander schemes, you know that there was a reason why Boston were always there, and then you joined the yeah. time you did, and to, yeah, so, so you you get to Kidderminster now. Yeah, and it was and it was I think it was like. Uh, sour for the manager to take because at the time when I was at Boston we was a third in the league so we had every chance of going up and albeit they made it to the playoffs that season mm. and Kidderminster I think at the time like 16th or 15th or whatever and he was just saying to me like, I don't understand why you'd go to a team that I've got nothing to play for um, like surely you could see the season out with us and then make a decision then but at this point I was like nah my mind's made up like, I'm yeah, going to go yeah. play I'm going to go play full-time football in a, like a professional environment which it still is now and just yeah. be there and and kickstart with Kidderminster yeah well I mean it, it, it's okay to say oh, you know 
why why wouldn't you stay with us for like the for the rest of the season? But you could say what well, like over a month you've been messing me about and and saying mm-hmm. so if you want to talk about time, you know you've yeah exactly messed me around for all this time and and now you want me exactly. to stay for a bit. But um, so so be, before we talk about Kidderminster, so obviously through your journey through to Kidderminster, how did you feel? Um, I don't like the. I don't want to do the cliche like, oh, how how was your mental health sort of thing? But like, how, how did you get on? And kind of, you know, it's not easy to keep being messed around and then to say, yeah, we'll have you, and then you know, like with Wrexham to say, like, yeah, to to go. So how did you deal with with things in that side? Um, I think at just at some point, like that, the the penny just dropped. It was just like I'm not being messed around anymore. Yeah, like it was, I think yeah. once I signed at Boston, it was like I'm not being messed around anymore, and that's that. And um, and throughout that whole process of like, when I was first left Hull when I was 18 to up to um, Boston, I think it was just such an emotional roller coaster where yeah, yeah. I was at I was at like highs and I was not at like lows like to a point where I I'd obviously we're just going to stop football completely and then that's that like just forget about it and yeah. it was just that point where I was obviously questioning myself like can I do this um, I think throughout of all of it my, it was mainly like my mum and and like just knowing like the main thing was for me like yeah my mum I saw her she got remarried during this whole time as well and I saw her um, like at her happiest so oh. like Nice. Yeah, so when I when I'd seen that, it was like there's no way in this world that I can ever be unhappy knowing my mum's that happy. Do you oh. know what I mean? And yeah, and yeah. she's all yeah, like as and there's like as softy as it sounds or whatever, like she she's always been proud of me, and I know she's always been proud of everybody yeah. on Twitter who who whatever club I've been <laughs> at knows how much my mum's proud of yeah. me, trust me. Yeah. And for me, it's like I just want to see that ha- same happiness on my mum's face, knowing that she's still going to be proud of me, no matter what decision like I make. Yeah. So for me, going through like everything I've been through during like football, like in and out of football, like my private life, just thinking like just as long as I still play and my mum's proud, no matter where I am, like I'll get through it. Yeah, yeah, and jump jumping ahead a little bit, but we'll 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 come back to it. How proud do you think she felt in uh, that West Ham game? <laughs> when, when you scored so, <laughs> she, I was speaking to her afterwards and she was she. I think she was more heartbroken than what I was because wow. yeah. like she's seen her son score against West Ham and like she's been she's been there from day one for like the very first game to like obviously up until the West Ham one and for her, for her, like for conceding the two late goals in which we did she was just devastated and heartbroken for every one of us yeah um, but now she She's got oh she obviously got pictures framed already. Like I don't yeah, she's she she will she will live off that for for a long time. Oh bless. Um yeah, so how then do you think your your time uh how do you feel it's going at Kidderminster then overall? Um like at the beginning, like I, I when I first signed, I thought this is all gonna go downhill because my first game against York, um we lost one nil and it was my mistake in which led to the goal. So yeah. I thought, I was like, oh my God, here we go again. Like I'm going to be at like a big club and then something bad's just going to happen. But then everything was just completely stop-start because of COVID. Like especially yeah, that yeah. first that first six months when I first signed, like no one knew whether it was coming or going, whether it was training, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, but then I came back in that pre-season. Um, and when we come back in that pre-season, I just, I just, I made sure I was fit and ready from, from day one because no one knew when we was coming back. And I, the first, well, every, I played like every game in that COVID hit season, bar like a couple through illness and injury. And, and then even then it was still stop start because those games getting called off like left, right and center. And the, but there was a game like every Saturday, Tuesday. So it was, it was difficult to almost find your feet at a point where you just don't know if like you're going to be playing the next game yeah, or not. Course, it's like, if, yeah. it's like, it's like if you're playing a game, then like, oh, fantastic. Let's mentally now prepare ourselves for a game. Mm. So it was just, it was just, yeah. And very much like stop and start up until like this season where um, like this season has been, the best and worst season ever, if you like, because I came in, I felt like I was fit doing well in pre-season. And then I was, I weren't starting the first few games and I was confused because I like, obviously the gaffer brought me in wanting to play me and then he's not played me and stuff in the first few games. So I was just kind of like, didn't know where my head was at. And I was thinking, do I need to ask to go out on loan? Do I, what, like, what do I need to do here? But I just, and I just stayed obviously stay true to who I was as a person. I'm just going to continue to work hard, train hard, and my opportunity will come. And when it, when it comes, I'm going to make sure that no one's going to try and take this away from me. Like again, because like I'm, I'm obviously at an age now where um, maturity is taking like a massive part of football. So I've yeah. got to understand that if someone's ahead of me, I need to work twice as hard as what that person is or has yeah. or was in order to get his shirt. And like unfortunately, like unfortunately for for him, but I remember Foxy got injured against Ware, and he was out for like a good period of time, which was going to be. Um, I just knew from them like this is my chance and this is my opportunity, and then from there, just never really looked back because then I scored my first professional goal um, against Ware in the FA Cup like early rounds, and then from there it was just <laughs> it was just like <laughs> weird. It was like a goal and then another goal and then another goal, and I was thinking. And everyone says it now, like it's mad how you've not scored a goal, yeah, through, yeah. like any any part of your career up until now, and and that was my first one. I was like, and I don't want to look back because, like I say, like for myself personally, like each game that's gone on, I just keep learning more like about the game, which obviously everyone's learning every single day with football. But for me, like it's being a defender, it allows me to. Like obviously see the game but then I like there might be a moment in the, on the pitch and stuff where I'm like looking around just thinking like am I in the right position in case like this happens or in case that happens so for how well I feel like I have done so far it's allowed me to then reflect on what I can do to be better if I want to go play at the next level again mm. so yeah. sorry go on sorry but no it's gone it's fine I'm done, oh, I'm um, done. <laughs> um I was going to say, obviously, I'm not trying to like stow anything up, obviously here, but are you happy with uh, how you're being played as well? You know, with, with the playing style, is, does do you find that suits you or? or? Oh, it it suits the whole team. Um, nice. Like there's there's great there's great connections all over the pitch, like in terms of the front four, like the whole front four know each other's movements, they know um, where they, like like and I you see it every day in training, you know when like where they want the ball, how they want the ball, and then no matter who plays in that front four, everyone just knows. And then you go to your midfield and then you know what, like what one midfielder would do. And then, you know what he's going to do with the ball. And, and then there's just great connections all over the pitch. And then on my side, when I play with Hemo, we, we just look at each other. And we just know straight away. 
Like we know like where we're going to be. And sometimes like, well, we'll, I'm always talking to Hemo and he's always talking to me, but then sometimes like if he can't hear me or if I'm out of position or anything like that, like the West Ham game, like we couldn't hear each other the whole game. But then like, you just know where I'm supposed to be without, without, without being told. So like for me, the chemistry in the team is, it's like, it's through the roof and that, and that's day in, day out as well. Wow, that's um, that's good, and and you, you feel as well. It's a, like a professional environment, as you said. You know, it's it's good level. Oh yeah, like everybody that's in this team has either been in around a, pre- a professional environment be- environment before, or they've been professionals themselves. And it's it's like a good age range from like the youngsters able to learn like all the way up to like Keith Lowe, if you like, who's our oldest member. Mm. Like there's different there's different pathways along there, and different like levels of experience and understanding other games. So Lowy might learn something from one of the young lads and the young lads might learn something from me and then I learn something from elsewhere. So it's it's just good in terms of like the fact that we can openly speak to each other about any sort of experience that we've had within football or anything we want to learn new in football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had uh, we had Sam Austin uh, on now a, a couple of times, but when uh, we first had him on and he was telling us about his journey through and, you know, there's even things like you can, even if you're not a footballer, you can take inspiration from and, and how mm-hmm. he came you know from getting released and things like that and then you know to, yeah. to where he is now you know flying and really enjoying his football that's um no that, that's that's good that you can you can take I mean, things from the, each other the craziest the craziest thing about Sammy when I first played against him when I was at Boston um he was playing left wing back yeah and, yeah you said he was, he's I, played everywhere yeah yeah he's played left wing back and then I think we played them at home like at well Mine now home at Agbra. We played them here, and then he was playing right wing back, and then he got moved into midfield. I was thinking, like, and then when I first signed that, I was I remember seeing him train the first time, and he was doing stuff with the ball that a right back doesn't do. And I'm thinking, what position does he actually play? Like, where does he want to play? <laughs> and then it come into like pre-season, and I remember, <laughs> I remember the gaffer put it, or it was saying that he was playing as a number ten. I was thinking, eh, it's like. I, I I remember like thinking to myself, I've got a better chance in number ten than what he has. Like if he's going to play there, yeah. First game, first game he like runs the show, <laughs> and and then from there, that's literally been Sam Austin well, in every single like yeah. every single game I've seen him play in every single training session. Yeah, I mean when I think when we even had him on, um, I don't know, couple of, well, couple of months back now, we had him on, and I think he was playing like right wing, and and now he's now he's oh, in yeah. number ten. Like even yeah, since it, I, even since we spoke to him, he's he's changed position <laughs> again. It, honestly, it's it's I'm, I I genuinely genuinely thought he was like a wing back or a right back or something. Yeah. And 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 now, if anyone was to question me, like what position does he play? Number ten. Don't try playing him <laughs> elsewhere because you're you're he's a number ten. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, so yeah, we, we we did mention it, and and uh, you know, not want to to keep going on about uh, West Ham and everything. But um, so so looking back at it now, uh, a bit of like a retrospective. How how do you feel the that ninety well say ninety minutes, hundred and twenty minutes? Um, how did you feel that went for you personally and and the team as well? Personally, like. I, I mean, feel like I mean you, you scored. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I, but but then at the same time, like, yeah, I scored. But ultimately, that's not my first job. My first job is to be a defender. Yeah, and true, true. For me, like, we got one goal, they got two. There's something that's 
I say there's something that's wrong. They scored two goals, but we're playing against a Premier League side. Like they're, they're going to score at some point. Yeah. Um, but like personally, I, I felt like you just like I say when about constantly learning. Like these these players, you're not going to play against obviously at this level week in week out. Like if if like myself or anybody else in the team or anyone that's younger or around my age is able to play at that level or against someone at that level, then they've got something to learn from because as a team and as a unit, the way we set up against, let's say, Grimsby, Halifax, Redden, and then West Ham, like those four games, the way we set up, like, and everyone, I'm sure each one of them teams, someone from that team will say we was difficult to break down because we knew our roles, we knew our jobs, and we knew, like, not how we was going to frustrate the teams, but we knew, like, we, we, we enjoy being patient when defending. So, like, as a collective, I feel like we can't be, we can't be mad at the fact that a Premier League team scored two goals against us because yeah. there's so many different, like there's what, five or six different leagues between us. Mm. Like they're, and they're internationals, like some like Ben Rama, he's just come back from the African Cup of Nations. Like yeah. they're yeah. playing against all these players that are at an elite level. So like we can't be, we can't ever beat ourselves up about that day in particular. But then on a personal note, yeah, to score, I, I obviously... And it's weird because my girlfriend was here the night before and she's been to watch me like a handful of times. And she's, <laughs> she goes to me like, why is it whenever I don't come to a game, you score? And then for some reason, I, like, you, like um, yeah, when I don't come to a game, you score. And then every game I come to, like, you never score. Like, why'd you do that? I don't, I don't know. I don't pick and choose me times when I'm going to score. Like, oh, yeah. fancy a goal today, I'll go score. <laughs> and then um, I just remember saying to her, I was just like, oh, how about like tomorrow? Like, I'll, I'll just get the ball in the box and I'll score for you. I'll, I'll do that sound shot. Yeah, that'll oh, be good. Nice. 20 minutes into the game, ball falls, falls to me and scored. And she was sat with like my, my family and um, my friends and like um, in the, uh, the main stand and no one knew it was me like who scored until they saw like obviously my arms, my arms coming out and running away and stuff yeah I mean um, so is that why you sort of because then you ran to the side didn't you when when you um, celebrated yeah you? oh no yeah. they was they was in the like the main stand where the dugouts oh, right, are and right. stuff like, that was that was I, honestly and I still say to people now that moment from when the I made contact with the ball seeing it hit the back of the net the 20 second period after that I couldn't tell you what happened I, I, I had to watch the video the next yeah. day to remember what happened because it was just a blur. Wow, I I, I, even, I even remember the the commentary at the time. There were I can't remember who was commentating for BBC, but they were saying like, "Oh, as, as a defender, you know, normally you would just you know put your laces through it and everything." And they said, "But look at the composed finish and all this." Stuff. And I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> "Wow, that was that, that was my striker's instinct." There you go. You see, that's why <laughs> that's why they should be playing you up front again. Um, and then, and then my my old youth team coach had the audacity to message me after the game saying, "Oh, like congratulations." I always knew he was a striker anyway. Blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, take the credit. Yeah, that was him. It. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was all him. Um, so I mean, yeah. So do you do you feel as if you gained anything from from that game in in like isolation, like just that one game? Do you? I know it's not as easy to say. Oh, did you learn anything? But has that taught you anything again, both as a as a person or, or a player? Um, as a, as a player, it like I say, and like every single big game that I played in or big situation I've been in, it allowed me to sit and reflect and think. Maybe I could play at this level. Like 
playing against these players. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, there was not one point in that game where I thought I'm out of place here. Like I don't like I'm so my 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 wingers got the better of me or anything. Like I never felt like that once. Um, excuse me. Um, so as a player, it, it give you that thought of like, well, maybe I could play at this level. Like if I was to play and train against this all the time, then maybe I my abilities will catch up to me and catch up to them in order to to play like at that level. So it it give us well give me that um that insight of it's a possibility. So I'm, obviously it's never it's something that's never gonna leave my mind. Yeah. But then obviously on on a like on a, a personal level away from football, it obviously just give me the recognition. Like I, I remember going out for food after that game, and I don't know how because my legs were hanging off. I went out <laughs> for food after that game, and there was a bunch of people like coming up to me and like just saying, "Oh." oh you're so unlucky like from the, the game today I was thinking I don't even know these people and I'm sat with my girlfriend and I'm thinking like I'm, I'm like babe I'm sorry I'd, I'd, I'd obviously I'd, I, didn't, I didn't want this to happen but then at the same time it just makes you think well I'm proud it made me like think oh, I'm actually yeah. proud of myself for how, the way we caught like and some proud recognition of this team. as well yeah and yeah, yeah. just proud of the team from the way we conducted ourselves yeah yeah and I mean um Obviously, because I follow you and a few guys from Kidderminster as well, like the amount of attention that you all got after the game, and, and even from even like different clubs, you know, like West Ham and and all loads mm-hmm. of players sent in as heartbreaking what happened, and yeah, and, and you know, it, like Declan Rice after the game, you know, coming in and, and and saying that was um, I mean, did did he come in and, and say anything to you after the game? I think I think some of the lads said that he came into our changing room, and so did. Um, Aaron Cresswell, but I was outside at this point. Oh. I, I got told I, I got told that there was interviews and stuff, so I was like, right, okay. Um, but yeah, I missed all of that. But apparently, he came in and just congratulated us all and and said that we we are honest that they didn't West Ham didn't deserve to win the game. But you said like it's a credit to yourselves and and whatnot. So when you hear it from someone at that level, you it makes you think. Well, yeah, we can't be too disheartened about what happened on that day because like we did ourselves proud as families proud the community of Kidderminster proud like the fan base and yeah. everybody just in like in tied with um Kidderminster it just done us all yeah, so proud yeah, and, and that's that's obviously a day for myself and everybody that will will, will always cherish oh that's nice that's nice and sort of drawing a few parallels it, it it's like um back when you were with the the v9 academy to to think like could I do it at this level? You know, and it was a test mm-hmm. and everything and and possibly, you know, the West Ham game for you to think, okay, you know, I could, mm-hmm. I can, I can hang with these lot because I didn't feel out of place. So, you know, I, I don't mm-hmm. want to speak for you, but you know, you, you feel, you feel as if you could, could go, you know, with teams like yeah. West Ham. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and that's obviously where it would correlate, um, yeah, to like events and situations and moments that have happened in the past. Like there's obviously, yeah, like been moments where I'd sit and think, like, can I do this? Like, am I ready? And then mm. that was when I was 19, 20. So five, six, five or six years later, like I'm still having that same thought process, like against the Premier League side. I'm thinking, I'm like, can I do this? I didn't feel out of place. Like, maybe I could do this. Yeah, and yeah. Not, like, there's nothing here to say that I can't do it because like, it's like, it's in my hands whether I, mm. I go on and do it or not. Of course, yeah. Um and and like we we said to Sam before as well, n- not for one second wishing that anybody takes you away from from Kidderminster as well. But I suppose it it was 
an opportunity for other teams to to maybe have a look and to go okay maybe you know like um you know he, he like we said you can you can play with people like West Ham, you know, and and yeah. not look out of place again. So, but yeah, obviously, but not not saying I want you to uh, to move in the game. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds like you you're comfortable now, so um, I wouldn't want to mess it up for you. Um, so, can a can a cup run uh, such as the one you had this season can it um, have an influence on on your league uh, results? Do you think? Um, I, I mean. I think I've seen it at, I think you've seen it with Chorley maybe last season, I think it was, where they got so far and they played against um, Peterborough, I think it was. Yeah. Like they, they took them right to the wire and same with Marine and stuff like, mm, yeah. um, it can it can posit- positively like impact the league season because you get all this momentum stirred from the FA core, like from the early rounds, not thinking that you're ever going to make it to a fourth round, but then, like each game that goes by and you're beating like the likes of obviously Grimsby, Halifax, Reading. I think once after that Reading game, we all just like, there was an extra like gel together because it made, it made us think like, yeah, we've got this far in the FA Cup, but that's not our main priority. Like we need to get this, like this football club back into the yeah. football leagues. So it it's not, I wouldn't say added pressure, but added more added motivation within the yeah. group to yeah. to go on and achieve that. So, um, it can for me, it can go one way or the other. Like, it can either make you strive to want it more, or it's just thinking, like, oh, well, we've got this recognition now, we're doing so well, and we don't need to focus on that right now. But mm. you can't do that because you have to take each game as it comes of because course. that's effectively each game just one game. And especially with the FA Cup, like, like now, like one game, like in a few minutes, can all change. Like, you could be winning and leading, and then thinking, oh, we're in the next round to then, like, 20, 25 minutes later, out of it, gone. Yeah, yeah. And and I think you, your manager said after the game, um, you know, that a lot of the focus obviously was on the FA Cup type, but that's not your focus as a team mm. as well. It's for the league and it's for promotion. So, yeah, yeah it's it's key that, you know, maybe it's not to not to belittle the FA Cup, but it maybe it's, like, it's a nice, like, extra you know, and it's yeah. of course it, it's always good having a good cup run as well and, and publicity, but the focus then goes back onto the onto the league. Yeah, I, I mean, we like we said it the first preseason I was here. We said we want to get promoted, and we was before the season got cut short. We was second or third, and like now we're sitting third. And this season it's still our main aim and our main focus because like this this football club's so massive that that's where we. We need to take like take this club, and it's credit to ourselves and the community for doing so well in the FA Cup and getting the recognition and putting the club on the map. That it's allowed the fans, like and us as well as players, to have a more of a, a connection, if you like, with the fans to like get them getting them to games because like everyone knows with that season when there was no fans allowed, it was it's, it's horrible because that's like if you're the home team, that's your twelfth man. Yeah. That's the yeah. that's the added body or bodies that you need to get through some games, and I think, yeah, it's credit to ourselves for 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 doing as well as we have done so far to to build that fan base again and to and for them to help like drivers on as well. Yeah, yeah, it, it gives it gives belief and and like you say, you know, you sort of feedback off each other. You know, that's, yeah, um, that's good. So. Um, Last but one question, you'll be <laughs> pleased to hear. Um, 
how far then can you see Kidderminster progressing uh, in the future? I mean, for me, like from from the first day I signed, you can see that it's got the right foundations there in order to get back into the football leagues. And we've got a chairman now at the football club who you can see he only, like he just wants to learn and more about football as well as um, like see his team and his players that he's like he's helped bring in take this like this football team where like where it deserves to be and there's no reason to say that it can't happen like and get back into the football league because that's where I can see this happening like I I, I truly believe that otherwise I'd be in the, I'd be I wouldn't be at this team if I didn't believe that yeah, because the manager like the manager won't want, want to sign me wouldn't want me around yeah no that's that's very true and yeah I think a club like Kidderminster with the stature and reputation they have I think they really deserve um, deserve to get back in the league I think and yeah you know it'd be, it'd be it'd be great to watch anyway you know and and like I said you know you lads getting the recognition as well um, yeah that'd be that'd be fantastic for you uh, so uh, we've got to our last question um, as, as we usually end on do you have a like a funny moment or a bit of a funny story from, from your time in football that you can share with us <laughs> <laughs> you know I was thinking about this like for ages I was thinking this question might pop up oh my god um, have you seen anything you're uh, allowed, allowed to tell us uh, that, that's, that's what I'm trying to think of um, I have to take some names out of it yeah, I'm not gonna name drop anybody. I can't do that. Okay. Um, funniest story. Um, I think. I think I don't even know. I don't know without thinking off the top of my head. But like the funniest, I'll say the funniest thing that I feel like happened to me, and this wasn't at like at football. This was just back of the house with the like with football lads. So <laughs> I remember sat upstairs just minding my business with my housemate at the time when I was at Peterborough and I was just like on the PlayStation and um, I remember a couple of hours before and I remember one of the lads mentioned about going to Nando's so I was like oh yeah sound just let me know when you're going to go and, and whatever and yeah I'll be there a couple of hours passed I'm getting a bit hungry now like, like when like any chance I was going to Nando's and uh, I looked at the time it must have been about like five o'clock or something and uh and I'm just messaged one of the boys saying like, oh, when we think of going to Nando's, two seconds later, I get a phone call. It's like, like, Pens, where are you? And I went, I'm at the house. It's like, did you not want to come to Nando's? I was thinking, <laughs> like, what you want? Like, what you want about? Like, I've been waiting here for a message to go to Nando's and not one of you said anything. It's like, oh, we're in now. Just like make your way in. I just went, nah, forget it. I'm just going to go shop and I'll just cook something. I just went, you could have just let me know. I'm annoyed at this point thinking, yeah. I, I love, I love Nando's. Like, I don't want to miss out on Nando's. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember, uh, and like, what played it like, so I'll get to this bit, but I was thinking, actually, should I go to Nando's? So I'm not, but I was thinking at the time, I was like, where's my housemate? Like, he, sh- he sh- should be the one to come and knock on my door or call me or whatever, see where he is. So I was thinking to myself, I was like, just go check. Went into his bedroom, not there, pitch black. And I was thinking, like, it's pitch black downstairs. Like, he's definitely gone. Like, I'm fuming. I'm raging with him at this point. So <laughs> I remember I goes downstairs, flicks the light on, thinking, I'll just make a drink. I'll go upstairs, making a drink, like <laughs> carrying it back through the kitchen. Out of nowhere, the three lads I was meant to go to Nando's with jump out and scare the life out of me. 
like water's gone everywhere. And honestly, I I screamed because I panicked. Like I I thought I was I I was don't know anything could have happened. And I just remember thinking to myself, I was like, like why 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 would you try and do that to me for one? But what played it off to me so well? Like he must have had his phone like just here, and then a speaker somewhere close, like with Nando's music oh, in the background. Okay. So that's that's yeah. what sold me on him being at Nando's. And I was just, I remember just thinking to my, like, I was sweating. I was like, like, <laughs> like I, I was like, do not fair play, lads. That's a quality, quality prank. Like, I can't, I'm, I'm, I have to hold my hands up to that one. And they said, come on now, you divvy, get dressed, we're off. Wow, there you go. And that's, then... that's the only, that's the only thing that's happened to me that's been funniest. But I'm trying to think of situations that have happened over the years. But I think some of them were just, that I can't say because it was that brutal. Okay. Yeah, no, that, yeah. that's fine. But that's that's a good one. Huh? That's a good, that's a good commitment to a to a prank. Anyway, but yeah, I, I, honestly, I'd take my hat off to him. Like it, it, it's, it's well done. <laughs> at least you got your uh, at least you got your Nando's after as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, good, and good what result. made it better? What made it better for me? I didn't realize I had a red a red reward on my card, so I was happy then because I got Oy. free like free meals. So I was like, it's worth <laughs> it. <laughs> nice. Let's there you go. Uh, but yeah, thank you, thank you very much for that, uh, Alex. It's been a, been a pleasure to to talk to you and, um, and to to hear your story as well and your and, you, and your journey, as they always nah. say, you know, cliche. But um, no, that's that's been uh, really good. And uh, thank you for for joining us anyway on on the podcast. No problem. I appreciate I appreciate the the time and uh, the effort that you've gone to for for doing this tonight. <laughs> All right. <brilliant. laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the High Press Podcast. We really hope that you've enjoyed the episode today. Um, We'll be really, really grateful if you could leave a review on your preferred podcast provider, whether that be iTunes or whether that be Spotify or Google or whoever it might be, um, just so people can find our episode a little bit more easily. Yeah, and go ahead and follow us on our social medias at the High Press Pod. We're on Twitter and Instagram, uh, where we're going to be announcing all of our guests, uh, any updates, and uh, just generally, just that's where you can find us. Right, thank you guys, and we'll see you soon.